are tuned in to the Way of Healing podcast, where we inspire humans to connect more deeply to their experience of life. My name is OJ. My name is Casey. We are connecting with practitioners to talk about the potential of the innate healing powers within. Welcome back to the Way of Healing. Welcome to the Way of Healing. If this is your first time tuning in, I'm Casey. OJ here. And uh, today we are sitting around my kitchen table with a very special guest, Tammy Cook. Hi, Tammy. Hi, you guys. We're gonna talk about a few cool things. <laughs> oh, but I'm ching. That was the joke. That was That's the, an awesome that joke. That was a good one. Super good. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I'll tune y'all in. Uh, I used to live in Ghana, and Tammy just like out of the blue was like, I, I said, "Have you been to Africa?" And she said, "No, not yet, but I'm planning to go to Ghana in November." And I was like, bah, 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 bah. <laughs> So yeah, then we had a few minutes of gonna talk yeah we're gonna talk about more stuff so tammy cook of somatichealings.com tammy uh healings with an s yes she's gonna tell us about that um but tammy oj and i all went to ipsby the institute for psychostructural balancing Mm. um tammy and i took some craniosacral classes together we might have taken a polarity class Mm -hmm. she was just in the facial marma and reflexology class and man Man, woman, every man. Tammy is bright. She is a bright freaking light. Like I was in the class and it was just, I went, okay, you're coming on the podcast ASAP. (laughs) So Tammy, um, how are you doing today? Oh my gosh. (laughs) I am still on a high from our class. Literally, my mind was blown in so many ways, and I am just feeling surged and excited and like just loving life right now because I'm finally really seeing and knowing and trusting that I am so divinely taken care of and guided beyond my little human brain ability to think and figure it out it's just it's really my heart is just so open yeah so she's super excited she just announced her retreat out in Kauai. <laughs> so we'll, we'll go into a little bit more about what you do but can you tell us about the, this retreat that you have coming up oh my gosh okay so once again divine intervention and I am so excited to announce that I'm going to be doing a three-day retreat in Kauai, Anahola, and it's going to be held September 10th through the 12th. That's a Tuesday, Wednesday, and 13th, Thursday, and that's 2019. It's in September, and the focus of this class is to bring body workers, energy workers, estheticians, people who are just passionate about mind, body, wellness together underneath of one roof, because yes, it's held in a house. And it's going to be underneath of one roof so that we can gather and learn more about ourselves, how we can now step into roles as facilitators to help others, and how we can primarily connect back to Mother Earth in such a passionate way, because Kauai, if you have not been yet, it is absolutely magical. And mm-hmm. I want to bring the magic to my guests and I want us to create magic together. Awesome. That sounds me in case you're thinking about it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Scratching our heads, putting our heads together. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I have a suitcase. Just <laughs> stuff us in there. That's right. I used to do yoga, so I think I you could figured out. It's <laughs> a long flight, friend. That's okay. <laughs> Mind over matter, right? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> weren't you wearing were you wearing a t-shirt i was i was literally she wearing, was wearing a shirt a shirt that said, and it said mind, mind over, over matter, matter. Mm-hmm. oh snap so much harmony here synchronicity <laughs> <laughs> we pulled cards and oj pulled harmony mm-hmm. okay so i like how you use the word facilitating Mm-hmm. And how the goal of the retreat is to show people how to facilitate healing for people, right? Yeah. So what do you do to facilitate healing? You do a few things. Uh, yeah, I do a few things. Yeah, somatic uh-huh. healing, lomi lomi. There's something called fifth dimension, deeper yeah. connection, like so, all of it. Uh, all of it. Um, what I do is I feel I am very gifted with the ability to touch people in multiple ways. So as soon as I interact with my clients, very first encounterment is through visualization. We see each other. So I make sure that my energy is open and inviting so that that client knows off the break that they're safe. And that smile initiates that safeness. It's letting you know unknowingly, I'm here for you and it's okay to be who you are. Mm -hmm. And then it's just through words. And then it's finally through the touch. So for me, I'm really all about tapping into all aspects of myself to facilitate clients to ultimately heal themselves by tapping into all aspects of their self. Mm-hmm. So that's what I try to do. What is the somatic healing exactly? I've heard about it. I don't know exactly what it is. So how the name came about, I was literally sitting in a kitchen with my girlfriends and I was thinking about a name for my business. And I was like, what I wanted to be, what I wanted to be. And I said, somatic healing and somatic healing was taken. And I said, oh, that's not going to work. But I really felt so connected to that name. And I was just like, I, I can't think of anything else. It has to be somatic healing. I'm going to reach out to this woman. I'm going to see if I can get this name. Like I was so <laughs> determined. And then I was like, somatic healings s because it's multiple ways in which a person can heal themselves Mm. there is no one way so to me somatic healings was actually more fitting because eclectically i am an esthetician a massage therapist a retired makeup artist an educator an energy worker so i am working with so many aspects to help people be well to help myself be well. So why would I limit it to just somatic healing when we can dive into multiple ways of healing? Cool. So that's how that came about. I love it. I love and it. it and it and it begins and ends with S. Yeah. Right? Oh my gosh. Mm. I didn't even notice that. So full circle and or your or infinity loop. Oh my gosh. Uh-huh. And <laughs> S could be self. Yes. It begins and ends with I don't know. Oh my just, god. Okay, you, know, you just high took it vibes to you. in this kitchen right Such now. Nice oh. Levels. oh my gosh, that is tight. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so uh let's see, what else? What what led you into this work? Is that something that you can speak to? Yeah. Um actually is quite eclectic once again that's just my personality i finally just accepted who i am i used to think it was kind of being all over the place but i realized i had to go all over the place to get in place and so that's where i'm at so um it started off because i wanted to be i've always been fascinated with the human body always and as a child i was always the why child well why well why well why Mm -hmm. so i was very when's your birthday October 5th. Okay. 
I'm a Libra. Uh (laughs) So I was always very inquisitive in that way. And I just looked at things completely different. But I love the human body. So I would watch Bill Nye, the science guy. I'm on PBS. When I would go to the doctors, I'm like, no, please speak anatomically to me. Like, I just was so fascinated with this human body. Took every science class when I was in school. Um, So I knew I was going to be bio-pre-med. Boom. Get to college. Take this lovely class called Algebra Trigonometry. Failed it with an F. So um, (laughs) with that F, failure, came the failure of that dream. (laughs) Because that was the introduction to bio-pre-med. I could not pass that. But in addition to that, it also, um, it took me into a, a premonition so I actually saw myself in the ER. That's where I wanted to work, shock trauma or ER. And I saw me with a patient and my patient coded. And it was because I didn't do something fast enough and I couldn't bring him back. And this was just a premonition that happened and my whole heart just sunk. And I said, I want to help people. I want to save people's lives and this will not be it. And so I went into my alternative route, which was psychology. And that's why I have a degree in psychology. And I wanted to work with high school kids and be a counselor. And I did that for three years. So I was a high school college advisor and then I was a teacher for a year. So that's where it kind of started. And then it dived into the healing arts world. So I just always loved makeup. I was a girly girl. It started with makeup just for fun. And then I was like, I no longer want to cover people up. I want people to shine and be their most beautiful form of self so that the makeup is an accent, not a cover up. And I went into aesthetics and then... Spirit spoke to me in 2007 and said, Los Angeles, 2010. Where, where had, yeah. I was, oh, I lived in Baltimore. And Is that I, where you're from? That's you where I'm from, uh-huh. Baltimore, born and raised. And um, Spirit said, 2010, had no idea. Boom, came to Los Angeles. I thought I was going to be working on set as a makeup artist, full-time and part-time aesthetics. And then I got into the world of aesthetics and then it just kept me in the world of aesthetics. <laughs> and I did some makeup part-time, but then I got into massage therapy. And that was kind of like my full circle of how I am where I am. But the education came again, but it came in a different form with adult teaching. So it's kind of back to that S and S, the beginning and the end. And it started off with education and now it's now in education. And that's my Big focus is education. Very hence cool. the retreat. But hence the retreat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Twist my arm. <laughs> what was the calling to massage school? I was working in the spa. And so initially I was like, you know what? I'm looking at the massage therapist book and they're like always fully booked. Aesthetics is like 20% of revenue in regards to traditional spas. Now, of course, you have unique spas that aesthetics just blows it out the water. But generally speaking, it's 80% massage, 20% aesthetics. I was looking for opportunity of financial growth, Mm -hmm. straight up. That's just what it was. And everybody wanted deep tissue and sports. And I said, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go to school for that. But because my aesthetic background was holistic, which was the Aveda Institute, it really was important to me to attend a holistic school and my best friend slash mentor slash co-worker she was just my mentor like bow down she was the queen of body work and I said wherever you went I need to go so where did you go and she said ISPE I said well that's where I'm gonna go and I went to the open house and they was doing Tai Chi and was just speaking my language and I was like this is home and that's how that happened Who was this queen so we can get her on the show? Her name is Nami. <laughs> Nami. Yes. We're coming for you, Nami. <laughs> Nami is the bomb freaking dot com. She is 
oh my gosh, I love her on so many levels. You you think I was bright in that class? Yeah. This woman just is like, she's like a star on earth. (laughs) She's so radiant and so vibrant and she just embraces you with her arms and she is just amazing. I love her. You like her? Is she still in LA? Yeah. Well, no. And yes, sometimes she still comes back for her clients, but she's in San Diego right now. Oh, okay. That's close not yeah, that far. Close enough. She's close yeah. enough. Yeah. We, we got some other people in mind that we want to go to San Diego to interview. So mm. we do. Nami, we are coming for you. <laughs> They're coming for you, Nami. Um, <laughs> I find it really beautiful how you have integrated all of this work. And I remember over the weekend when we were learning about the Kanza wand. Mm-hmm. You were like, I do this. I've used this. Do you want to talk a little bit about what that is and how you integrate it into your work? Wow. Concert therapy is, is, is a copper tool that is used for healing, restoring, not just physically, but also on an energetic level. It really works with toning and tightening and firming as far as like aesthetically concerned. So you really can reshape the face. It's phenomenal for lymphatic drainage. Like literally the whole face will look completely different. What really sold me on it was when I was going through my healing journey. So I had what I guess people call a healing crisis. My body went into an eruption And it started at my axillary region and it spread down my arm to the back of my neck. My underarms would literally be so inflamed and swollen and like seeping fluid, lymph and sores. It was insane. And what really helped me along with a multitude of other things was my console tool. So I would literally take it and rub it underneath of my arms because I would be in so much pain. And then through after doing that for a little bit, I was able to put my arms down and be pain free for the day. And so it became a vital part of my healing process. And because of what I saw it did to my body, I said, this has to be a part of my practice. And for clients that have any inflammatory response, post-surgery, chronic issues, I'm like, would you mind doing constant in your therapy? And it's just, it's my practice. That's just what it is. And I've always been deeply connected to Ayurveda. I really feel probably in a past lifetime living in here because it's just a deep, like, Passion. Yeah. And also my school, my aesthetic school was Ayurvedic based. So yeah, Aveda Institute. Yeah. So that's how that kind of came into my practice. And it's literally an everyday practice. I gua sha and consta my face every day. I have a um, consta gua sha tool. So those are my tools of preference. And I treat my face every single day. And that's my beauty practice. Very cool. Now tell us what gua sha is. So gua sha is like a traditional Chinese medicine kind of approach to bringing up chi that's stagnant in the body when you're doing it with the body you can be very very vigorous with it and you'll notice some petechia takes place so petechia kind of looks like somebody took a fine needle and poked your skin all over and before it got a chance to bleed out they sealed it up Mm -hmm. so that's just bringing up that stagnation that dormant chi that's been residing there so it can flow and move throughout the body and the body can restore itself when it comes to the face that's not the style of work I do because no one wants to walk around with particular on their face. So I work with the nervous system. So I do it in a different way. And I do very, very, very light pressure on the face to calm the central nervous system down, to communicate to the muscle, to let go, to communicate back to the brain. Okay, I've let go. And then I can start to work deeply with the tissue without causing trauma. So that's how I use it for the face. And that's how I like reshape and re-sculpt the face in that way. Hmm. Out of curiosity, can you talk about what the emotional, spiritual lesson was behind your... Gosh, yeah. So that's a good one. I think it was it was so loaded 
that it's no one answer. So I have to give multiple answers. I had to do clearing on the deepest level of all. So I was doing literally past life clearing prior to that. I didn't even believe really in past lives. I heard of it, but yeah, I had to do past life clearing. I was doing ancestral clearing. I was clearing things from my my mom's bloodline. I was clearing things from my dad's bloodline. It was things that happened to me when my mom was pregnant with me that was in the womb, emotions I picked up that weren't even mine. I had to clear out. I had to clear out old belief systems. I like I literally, if you think about your computer shutting down and everything that you had on your computer is now gone and you have to reprogram your computer, that's what I was doing for two years. Hmm. So I had to lose all of those I won't say losing my memory because that's not what happened, but just from a technology format, I had to lose what was to gain what is. Deleting old programs. I had to delete all those programs and it was programs I had no awareness of and that took me down once again, a multi-journey from acupuncture, cranial, energy work. I saw the iridologist. I was getting colon hydrotherapy. I was seeing an Ayurvedic doctor. I was working with an emotion co-practitioner. It was not a game because doctors... Traditionally, the traditional medical doctors ran tests and was like, oh, everything's normal. No, it's not normal to have wake when you wake up and literally there's lymph all around you. Like my sheets would be stained yellow from just my body leaking lymph. And I'm, I couldn't sleep. My endocrine system was thrown off and I just was guided. And it was like, remember about the chakras? Go there. Read about that. Remember about stored emotions, go back and learn about that. So I was living in books and I was reading and then information would come to me and I'm writing things down and I would get clients that would confirm information for me and they would make me do more research. So it was literally a super, supercharged journey of healing for like deep, deep, deep healing Mm -hmm. for two years and working. (laughs) Yeah. And is this when you were still in Baltimore? No, this was here in LA. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it started with, I was on a couch. I had some Thai food and I had some ice cream. And a voice said to me, if you continue down this path, you will die slowly. It didn't say die. It didn't say right now. It was emphasis on slowly. And it freaked me out a little bit. And this happened back in 2006. And in 2007, that's when my body exploded. And it forced me to dive deep into the deepest aspects of myself to heal through all of that because nothing else was helping me. And I realized I went from regular eating, I would say my sad diet, (laughs) to I was like, okay, I'm going to go vegan. Then I was like, okay, I'm going to go raw food is. Then I was like, okay, I'm going to do paleo. I went through every diet under the sun and I still was losing weight and my body still wasn't being balanced. And I realized then that it wasn't just the food I was consuming that was making destruction in my body. It was everything I was consuming mm-hmm. from the thoughts you think to the programs you watch to the words you hear Everything that I was consuming was literally consuming me. So I had to change my life diet. Mm -hmm. I had to change my lifestyle so that that consumption now that I was taking in was so mindful that the things that came out was that same level of radiance. And that's what you got to do to have ultimate healing is heal from the inside out. 
So beautifully said. I'm like just here nodding, going, <laughs> your words are my words or your words are I, mm. It so resonates as well as that healing journey and trying every diet under the sun and going through all of that and acid alkaline diet, blood yes. type diet. I mean, it was just like, it yeah, was a lot, right? It was a lot. But through that, we develop our own awareness and mm. recognizing the importance of the life diet, like you're yeah. talking about. I had a chorus teacher in middle school, Zev Babbitt. And he used to say, garbage in, garbage out, GIGO, right, is the acronym, GIGO. And I was like 12, 13, and I was like, what does that mean? I don't understand what that means. Garbage in, garbage out. But it's so true, right, when we surround ourselves with people who are not taking care of their bodies, that's an influence on us. That's a direct influence. So. Wow, you made some really great choices. I mean, I'm sitting here and she's radiant and she's beautiful mm-hmm. and she's, you know, she's glowing. Like I, we should just turn all the lights off because she lights up the room. I think your Very journey, cool. it's, it's the epitome of what the way of healing is about. There's something going on and you got to look at everything going on around you. What are you allowing into your life? What aren't you allowing into your life? Mm-hmm. And really go inside to see what you need to do to take care of it, right? You really hit on something very important. You know, we are in a society where we're constantly detoxing, you know, taking things out, clearing things out, clearing things out. And I was thinking to myself, I was like, you know what? Once again, I was like, I want to do a fast. I didn't even know there was like so much energetics happening, but I wanted to do a fast. And my good girlfriend, her name is Tamika Pinkney. She said, you know what? I think it's time for you to start filling. I think you've been fasting enough. It's Mm -hmm. time for you to fill yourself with some things you need. And Those words resonated with me so deeply because it's that balance again, you know, like when you get so extreme where you want to just rid yourself of everything and I just want to be so quote unquote pure, but the body, the soul and your emotional state is meant to be in harmony and that's living. And as women, we're designed and we're meant to be filled We receive information as women. So when we're constantly outputting, we're operating in our young side of self and that creates destruction and rigidity. But when we start to get back into that state of receiving and flowing and being in that space of just being, we can begin to fill ourselves up with the nutrients we need. OJ, we're going to the retreat. Mark your calendars. Yeah, we're doing it. <laughs> and then we're going to Ghana. And then we're going to go to Ghana. <laughs> so where else did you you study bodywork? I see you do sacred Lomi Lomi. Yeah. Lomi Lomi is amazing. Yeah. It's near and dear to OJ's heart. Um, oh, is it? I mean, I, I dig it. <laughs> Why so? Uh, I feel very connected to Hawaii, Hawaii or the, the Polynesian Islands in general. And so Lomi Lomi speaks to me somehow. I haven't had it yet. I might have to like eat you up. I hear there's lots of oil. There's Mm. definitely lots of oil. Uh huh. And then there's like arms underneath the body on the table. Mm. We were talking about it off air earlier, but you did a retreat where you were supposed to learn about like the Atlanteans and the Lemurians. Um, Have you heard about the Polynesian Islands being connected to the Lemurian? No, can you share that with me? Well, they say Europe, from what I've read, I may be totally wrong, don't quote me on any of this (laughs) um, or hold me accountable to it, but what I've read was that the Atlanteans, that is more like the European culture, those islands and and all that was the Atlantean area and the Lemurian area 
was the more feminine side, right? The Atlantean mm. was the masculine, the, the go-getters, and the Marians were the more feminine, loving, inviting. And so the Polynesian islands are supposedly the Lemurian cultures. Mm. And that's why when you go to like Hawaii or Polynesia, you feel the loving energy, mm. the connection to the earth. And so I think Lomi Lomi is an expression of that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. When I took Lomi Lomi, it was in San Diego. It was through Sacred Lomi. Lomi. And um, my instructors were phenomenal. But I remember the very first day in class, and I was just so excited to learn all these techniques. So once again, I, I was a very logical person. I was very mental, very, you know, matter of fact, practical, and yeah, I learned these amazing techniques. And my teacher, as we sat in a circle, he looked at us and said, so you know, you're not here to learn techniques. You're here for spiritual evolution. Mm-hmm. And I just looked at him. Uh-huh. And I said, "Well, I mean, that's wonderful too, but I really want to learn these techniques." Like, <laughs> like, so this is me in my like I would say more um, primitive stage of <laughs> thinking and um, very logical. And that class was life changing. It was two classes I've taken that's been very life changing: cranial sacral therapy with Gary Strauss and Lomi Lomi. Lomi Lomi takes you on a journey where you finally let go to feel like your body is submerged in water though you're on a hard table and you are just flowing in and out of music in and out of rhythm in and out of yourself whereas a hand at your foot and a hand at your shoulder all at the same time it throws your mind off and it puts you in a state of now and my teacher he would do this technique where we would do a stroke and he would say this moment, this moment, this moment. So as we went down the body, we had to keep our eyes on our forearm. We couldn't look ahead and we couldn't look behind. We had to be in this moment, this moment, this moment. So every stroke was that moment. And it's like a prayer. Before you even work with your client, you pray over them and you set an intention. And then you go into your flies and you go into breath. And it's like kind of like that shaman feeling where you are using elements to bring forth this energy and kind of pull energy into this moment. And then you just fly on the body. But it's so intentional and an arm is underneath of the body. And it's just this dance, this rhythmic dance and movement that puts the body into motion of that flow. Like when we were in our mom's womb and we're just floating and being and safe. And when you're a female, you can choose when you're face up to be with or without a breast drape. And, um, you know, of course, states have their different rules. But classically speaking, you can choose to be with or without. And our class chose to be with both. We first started with to see how it was. We did without because we wanted to know for our clients how it felt. And to be a female lying on the table with your breasts, quote unquote, exposed and not viewed as sexual, but to finally be viewed as that little baby as you were just lying there in your diaper and people just marveling over your beauty just your essence and then when they touch you and they put like the lotion on you like your mom would do it's just honoring your body and honoring just your spirit and that's how I felt lying on that table I completely forgot that my breasts were out my breasts were no longer my breasts my breasts was a representation of myself it was just an extension of myself and that covering up that we do as women it it does something to our heart center. It closes us off. It shuts us out. If you look at tribal cultures, they women will be free. They let their breasts be out and it's not sexualized because it's a part of their extended form of self. 
with that said, it was so liberating to have males in that class and same thing. People had such major emotional releases. People were crying. People were just liberated. And when we do this technique where we go underneath the back and we ascend you up in the air, it literally feels like you're levitating into the sky. And it's just such a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful experience. And it's one of my most requested forms of body work. And it's always for people that are looking for transformation. When people are looking to take their life to the next level, to let go of all those things that no longer serve them, they seek me out and they find me and they find me for Lomi Lomi. Sold. (laughs) (laughs) Both with you and without. It's amazing. It's so beautiful what it represents and, yes. and the ability to hold space for people to feel comfortable enough to let go in that way. Is, that's huge. And safe. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. the safety, right? I think about going yeah. to the gym mm-hmm. and how it's like, even in the women's locker room, there isn't the sense of freedom and acceptance of like being able to strip down naked to get into your bathing suit. Well, what choice do you have? Like, right. you know, it's like everyone turns their back or everyone keeps themselves covered and there's this like shame and there's this insecurity and self-consciousness and we carry that around with us. Yes. And like stripping away, literally, figuratively, the layers of shame and insecurity and self-consciousness reveals our heart. It yes. does. It's like everyone has a heart under all of those layers. Yes. So yeah, transformation, check out Lomi Lomi. So how much of like the esthetician stuff do you still incorporate into your sessions? So I'm definitely practicing that dual life where I still do both facials and massage pretty evenly. I would say if one dominates, it's definitely more massage. It's more requested. But I must say, yes. It's a little heartbreaking, but I've been feeling very the same way I felt when I knew I had to retire my brushes for makeup artistry, where it's like that baby. My makeup artistry was my baby and my baby was all grown up. It was time to go to college and (laughs) (laughs) move out of the house. And I was just like, I still love you, but I know you you have to go. And my aesthetic work, I won't say she has to go, but how I do it has to go. I don't really resonate with just the product application process anymore as far as what we know skincare to be. I really want my clients to identify that the face that they have is a reflection of what's intrinsically taking shape. And instead of covering it up, filling it up, ripping it off, stripping it apart, we have to nourish it and we have to understand what it's trying to say to us. And there's not a lot of people that know how to read the face Mm -hmm. and tell the story behind what the face is trying to express so that that expression can finally come out and the shape of the face can take on a different form and the need for excessive amount of skincare products will no longer be and the need for the constant manipulation of the face will no longer be it will just be about maintaining the balance of the skin maintaining the structure of the face itself with balance and love and harmony and it will radiate and it will be the most beautiful form of itself so is i still love skincare products and i still incorporate them obviously if i'm doing a facial but how i do it is very different it's very different now and we were introduced to very natural oil blends this weekend in the class right which is just balanced and beautiful and energetically resonant and harmonious 
oils that are going to bring out and be detoxifying or be balancing or, right? right? We learned these marma points in facial reflexology where it's a juncture and yeah. it's balancing for the three doshas. So yeah, there are ways of doing it without all of these sort of toxic applications or, yeah. you know, yeah, I love that. That's so much wisdom here. Thank you. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, the Tai Chi master that I had trained with, one of the things he likes doing is taking before and after pictures of people's faces. Mm. And after a few days of Tai Chi Qigong, without even touching the face, there's all these changes within the face, right? Bags, skin coloration, all these things, the wrinkles start to go away. And you had mentioned something about wrinkles. Were we on air? Yeah. Uh, I don't oh, think so. no, we, no, weren't. we weren't. Oh, yeah. Air. So wrinkles started to diminish and change just based on getting the chi in the body and the chi and the, the organs uh, moving a little better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you want to talk a little bit about what yeah, wrinkles are wrinkles. in your opinion? So that will be one of the many ideas with day two about the expressed and unexpressed aspects of self. And with wrinkles, I came to this theory and I don't have any scientific proof to back it up yet, but it may come to me. But I feel that wrinkles aren't expression lines. I feel that they are unexpressed lines that has taken shape. And once you're able to express that aspect of yourself, depending on that zone, so it's like on a forehead, it's going to be a different type of expression that you need to express. If it's on the middle part of the face, it's a different type of expression that needs to be expressed. And same thing for the lower half of the face. It's a different type of expression that needs to be expressed and once you're able to tap into those zones of yourself and get that energy flowing like you said with tai chi and qigong you don't really have to do all this work to the physical face itself the face will work itself out and like with the law of polarity as above so below so there's absolutely times where i've done a massage and clients will say how do i look five years younger you didn't even touch my face like because we got things flowing we got things moving So, yeah, that's the theory I came about with expressed and unexpressed. (laughs) Mic drop. I like it. Um, We also did before and after photos in the facial reflexology class. Yeah. Yeah. And it is, it's profound. Yeah. The difference that you can see in mere minutes, right? I mean, we did. Subtlety. Right. We didn't work for more than 10 minutes on a face. Right. And I remember seeing a photo of you. It was on the retreat. It was a group photo. I just came across it on Facebook, I think, or something. And I looked at it and you guys all are super bright and vibrant. And it's like that is available to us. That is absolutely available to us. So it's beautiful that you're sort of inspired to work from that place. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I notice you're wearing a piece of jewelry that I've seen you wear before. Is this, this, what's the significance of, like, what is this stone and what's the significance of it? And do you work with crystals? Yeah, I I work with crystals on a subtle aspect. Mm -hmm. I don't know everything there is to know about it. I've been really recently drawn to Shungite, though. Mm. Um, I feel because intuitively, I know that there's a lot of electromagnetic frequencies around us and I can feel them. So I really wanted something to help with my natural shielding process. And Shungite is one of those stones that do that. It kind of reverses the negative spirals that the EMFs 
emit out and allow our spiral, our organic spiral to be intact so we can maintain our strength. And um, it's just with some really interesting things, like even with my cell phone, I don't have it with me at this moment, but I always use a stylus now because I would use my cell phone and my fingers would start shocking. Mm. And my ah. fingertips were burning. So I said, is anyone else having this issue with their fingertips burning? But no one else was. So I had to start using stylus uh -huh. so that my fingertips weren't burning. And from a reflexology standpoint, that's the brain. And I realized that I was probably short-circuiting my brain. Uh-huh. And with yoga, you know how we do mudras mm -hmm. and you connect your mm -hmm. your ether finger to other fingers? Well, you got to think about it. The ether finger is about spirit. So we're connecting our spirit to technology mm -hmm. that's artificial. And my body was like, no more connecting your spirit to that. So get your spirit out of there and get your spirit back with true nature, align it differently. So I had to be at a distance with my cell phone and create this like energetic barrier. So that energetic barrier was through my Shanghai, my energetic barrier is through using the stylus so that I, my frequency is protected as yeah. much as possible. That's beautiful. And it, it's a testament to your sensitivity as a practitioner. Yeah. Right. Like um, Sophia was telling us yesterday that she doesn't drink coffee because it makes her too shaky. And so she mm -hmm. wouldn't be able to tap into the pulses of the yeah. body in the same way if she were to do that. So you have a sensitivity that you're tapped into and you found ways to work with that. Yeah. So Shungite, are you wearing anything else that you want to talk yeah, about? So I've been feeling this urge to wear one earring that's an apophyllite and one earring that's Shungite. I didn't lose the pair. <laughs> it's just I felt like these need to be paired together. And the more I started thinking about it as I'm stepping into my true nature of self, I am a Libra. Libras are all about the scales. So it's about that balance. When you look at the yin and the yang, it's about that intertwining of the white and the black to become one. So the Shungite is a black stone. The Apophyllite is a clear white stone. And I feel like that's subconsciously telling me to remain balanced within myself and have that masculine and feminine, I would say, that divine masculine and divine feminine working together synergistically together to be at a whole state within self. So it's my mental reminder to stay balanced. Yeah. And it looks like to your earrings are nautilus or yeah. like sacred geometry. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mm -hmm. thought of our logo uh -huh. a little bit. Yeah. yeah. I've adjoined to sacred geometry as, as well, like using that as also a healing frequency. Like you can wear the flower of life to work as also like a shield, an energetic shield. It's so many tools that we have. And sometimes as practitioners, we forget the importance of shielding ourselves mm. we receive a lot as Sophia was saying um, interference I didn't even know that was I knew it was a real thing but until I literally had it physically happen I felt the sharp pain in my back this was like several months ago I felt the sharp pain in my back and I could feel it twisting into my rhomboid and it was on my left side I'm like what is that pain I had a session with my emotion code practitioner and it was a saboteur and it was literally a knife being stabbed in my back and it was from somebody mm. and they, I don't think they consciously knew it, but they were subconsciously unhappy on a soul level of what appeared to be my success. So they wanted what I had. So they was projecting that onto me and that came into the physical form of this pain in my back, which was a knife. And I had to get the knife energetically removed and I had to energetically remove them and I had to create better boundaries. So 
it's very important as practitioners we're working with a lot of people to shield yourself and it's not about shielding isn't a form of fear shielding is a form of love so you love yourself so much that you do not allow anything that is not of divine essence of true high vibration and you choose to be in alignment with that so therefore those things that are not of that is no longer allowed to be within that so you shield yourself from it i love that makes good sense yeah 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 there's a lot of people not even just bodywork practitioners with people that are quote-unquote spiritual that are like i have to i can't be here because there's all these negative people and i i I can't shield myself enough from their energies and whatnot but it comes from a place of fear right rather than a place of love and i think with anything coming from a place of love not only is it more powerful but it's also more conducive to what people are trying to accomplish yeah and i think it's really important because i feel with the spiritual community there's this imbalance in a way like some people are talking a lot about you know i'm so spiritual and you know that's so 3d and Hmm. i'm 5d right now and it's just you know these different perspectives that's coming through but we're meant to be the light if you truly are in the belief that you are a star seed or you are a light worker you are meant light can't shine without darkness Mm -hmm. so you have to be in the dark how that looks energetically is, you know, being around things that look chaotic because you have to be the example of what it looks like to be walk in peace. You have to be the example of what it looks like to be in love. And you show that, you demonstrate that to others and people then are drawn to it. And that's when the darkness can be integrated into the light to make its own alchemy of power. We need both the dark and the light. One cannot exist without the other. The yin and the yang. Yes. Yin and the yang integrate the light and the dark. Yeah, become one. Yeah, I well, I think it's a, it's also a responsibility, not even a responsibility, but that's the work that we choose to do as healers, as yeah. spiritual beings, as we choose to be the light. And so by avoiding these environments that are quote-unquote toxic to us, we're doing ourselves a disservice. Mm-hmm. Right? We're dimming our light or shielding our light from really reaching its full potential. Exactly. Exactly. But it's also a really interesting balancing game. It definitely is. Of like, what are the environments that I put myself in mm-hmm. exactly. that might feel toxic or it might feel dark and, you know, Where's the breaking point, right? Mm. With everything, it's kind of a balance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Were you always, um, I know you were into questioning things as a child, but were you always into like the spiritual aspect of things or did you really tap into that when you were going through your healing journey? Um, always been in tune. Uh, at the age of five, I was hit by a car mm. and I came to, you, ever, you know how you watch a movie and a scene cuts and it goes into another scene and it's like something got missed in between so that's what happened i was five years old i was walking with my sister and she was about to go across the street and she said stay here and i'm like no renee i want to come with you please like that annoying little sibling that i was and she's like fine come on she grabbed my hand and then the next thing i know i was on the ground in the middle of the street and people were surrounding me and I was looking around and this paramedic is asking me all these questions. Like, what's my name? All this other stuff. And um, I'm answering the questions and I feel like someone cut my legs open and inserted bricks inside of them. 
So I'm trying to wrap my little five-year-old mind around what is going on. And I see that there's blood on the ground. And I say, oh, that's my blood on the ground. And I was like, something happened here. Oh, something happened to me. And I realized something happened, but I didn't know what happened. So I didn't realize I just got hit by a car. But I was hit by a car, flew up in the air, did a somersault in the air, landed face down. Whoa. And um, yeah, it was on Valentine's Day. Hmm. <laughs> I know the love I was getting that day. And so they asked you who you want to ride in the ambulance with you. And I was a mama's girl. So you would have thought I was it, my mommy. Or I was right with my sister. I mean, my sister was BFF, like my sister. I said, Father Tom, I wanted my priest to ride with me in the ambulance. And he was like, who is Father Tom? Where is Father Tom? Find Father Tom. So they found him and he rode in the ambulance with me. And I remember then, which now I know is called a still point. I had a still point when I was in the ambulance with him. And I could feel he was praying over me. And I just remembered to myself saying, wow, it is so peaceful in this ambulance. I felt no pain at the time. I was completely like wrapped in this safe bubble. And I just felt so much love around me. And ever since I was younger, I just was very in tune with my spiritual aspect of self. And I've had some little, some things that not so pleasant spiritually happened to me. So I've always been aware of the unseen since I was a little girl and it just has magnetized more and more and more and it's come in different forms. So it was very religiously driven when I was younger because that's what I grew up as. Roman Catholic, that's all I knew. And now it's more of a spiritual evolution where it's not about a religion, it's about the connection to source. Mm -hmm. So yeah. My mom tells me that my first words were, but why? Really? She's like, it wasn't mom or dad. It was, but why? But why? What? And <laughs> that was uh, annoying, I think, to them. <laughs> she would say, because I said so. <laughs> because. That, um, that curiosity that you experienced and that came to you, it's hard to look at something and say, oh, this, this painful thing was a gift. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. That can be really difficult, especially when it's a traumatic accident like that. Yeah. And yet when we live through it and we experience what we experience, we do see the ways in which it heightens our awareness or it it has given us something, something to work with, something. It's like it might feel like a needle in a haystack that we're searching and searching and searching, or it might feel like it's a rock that we have to crack open and see the gemstones or the crystals inside. But I imagine that you've done work around that accident when you were five. Yeah, I definitely did work around it. And one of the things that came to me years later, I don't know if you ever heard of Bruce Lipton, the power mm -hmm. of belief. Sure. Yeah, so um, the biology of belief. And my mom instilled that to, in me at the age of five. So mind you, like I said, I got bit, hit by a car. My tongue was severely bitten as well. So it looked like somebody took my tongue out, gnawed it up and spit it back in my mouth. My teeth were knocked out and my forehead was bust open. So I remember, you, you guys, if you guys could see their faces, their, their jaws just dropped. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I remember asking my mom, could I see a mirror? And I said, Ma, can I please see your mirror? And she looked at me and she said, I want you to know that when you look in this mirror, this is only temporary. You will heal. You will be totally fine. This is only temporary. I said, okay. She said, before I give you this mirror, I need you to know this is only temporary. 
because she knew what I looked like. I didn't know. And when I looked in that mirror and I saw my reflection looking back at me with missing teeth and purple blue tongue that looked like stuff was coming out of it and my forehead has stitches in it and I'm in a body cast. I can't even sit up to look in the mirror. I'm lying down. Tears ran down my eyes and I looked at her. I said, are you sure I won't look like this forever? And she said, you will not look like this forever. You will heal. So my mom taught me then the power of belief. Mm. And because my mother said it, it was, and therefore it is. And mm -hmm. I, I believe that as a five-year-old that I would be healed. And as much pain as it was through the healing process, even down to when I got my cast off, because my knees were broken. So my legs were broken at the knees. And I had to learn how to walk. I remember the first time I bent my knees, it was so much pain. I screamed. And I was like, I don't, I don't need to walk. I can just be fine. I can walk with straight legs. I am good. Like I am not bending these knees ever again. I will not feel that pain ever again. Once again, it was my mother. And she said, look, baby, you got to bend your knees. You have to bend your knees. I know it's going to be painful. I know you may not want to do it, but you have to do it. And you know that you will get through this. Know that you'll get through this, but you just have to do it. Okay. As I look at my mom and I start bending my knees and teaching myself how to walk again. And next thing I know, I'm running mm -hmm. and getting a dollar every time somebody wanted me to run and walk just because I was considered this miracle child. Because, I mean, clearly that type of accident could have killed me mm -hmm. when I was around. So, you know, people would see me on the street like, baby, just run down the street for me. I'll give you a dollar. Okay, so I'm thinking about five-year-old mind. I am banking. Like, I'm getting dollars left and right just from <laughs> simply running. But I didn't realize how big of a deal it was just to recover from that magnitude of impact. Mm. So that's another reason why with body work, I get the process. Clients want you to come in and fix their neck, or fix their shoulder. And it's like, no, you got to do the work. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's painful. And sometimes it hurts. And you don't want to do it, mm -hmm. but you got to do the work and you will heal once you believe that you will heal. You'll heal. Quoting that one. <laughs> <laughs> That's powerful. I have a five-year-old, so I can only imagine oh, like yeah. what that was like for you and your family um, and your sister even. Yeah. My sister had a lot of, um, she had some guilt at the time. She thought it was her fault mm -hmm. that I got hit by a car. And um, it wasn't. Of course. And I remember even when I was on a stretcher before, like, my mom came to the hospital. Obviously, I was naked. You know, they cut your clothes off. I was really upset. It was my favorite outfit. They cut my outfit off. No. <laughs> it was my favorite outfit. And my mom was there. And I remember being calm for her because at this time, I'm feeling no pain. I'm good. Um, I think it was so much shock. Yeah. I just didn't feel anything. And I remember I was like, Ma, don't lift the sheet up. Don't lift the sheet up. And she lifted the sheet. She's like, oh my gosh, you're naked. And I'm like, oh. But I was trying to like calm her down because I could sense that she, I think she was more hurt than I was. And I wanted to like take care of her and calm her down. And it was like the role switch when she showed me the mirror. So it was like this constant exchange of I'm trying to keep her happy and keep her calm. And then she's trying to keep me calm and keep me happy. So yeah, it was looking back i'm like that's a lot to have a five-year-old like mm -hmm. hit my car and just that phone call i can only imagine so yeah <laughs> it's funny because i find myself thinking about like my car accident story and there's mm -hmm. so much that's similar here but I, it's not mm -hmm. 
what I'm what I want to like bring into the conversation. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that conversation that your mother had with you is important for any parents listening. Yeah. Like what you say and the beliefs you instill to your children at that, even at that young of an age, even younger. Wait, it, yeah. Yeah. Right outside the womb. It affects them their entire life. Because I'm sure when you were going through your healing journey as an adult, that same thing was like playing in your head. This is temporary. You'll get through yeah, this. It really was. Like she came to me and I told my mom, and sometimes I don't know if she knows how much now that I'm older, how much I really value what she's done, being a single mom, doing the best she can. And she really believed. She, I don't even know if she believed what she was saying. I just <laughs> was like, oh, Lord, I hope this didn't believe. <laughs> but she just had to be strong. And I remember when I was younger, I didn't think my mom got sick ever. I was like, I don't know what type of superpower she has, but I had strep throat, poison ivy, ringworm. Like you, every childhood thing, I had it. Mm-hmm. And like I said, on top of being hit by a car, I was born with, um, I was born clubfoot, so I had two club feet. So it was like. I was in a cast when I was a baby. Five years later, I was back in the cast. <laughs> so it was just, yeah, it was a lot. I was wondering, I probably was like a stressful child for her in a way. <laughs> mm. She was always going through it. But yeah, like parents are so important. And my mom and my father, because now I have a healthy relationship with my father. Um, parents are so important. And even when you're you're old and you don't think you need them, oh, you do. Mm-hmm. And more importantly, they need you. Yeah. So yeah, loving mom. Loving yeah. Dad. Mm-hmm. And on on a spiritual note, you chose her. You guys yeah. chose each other, right? Because she was going to be the person or the spirit that was going to guide you through that as you ascended through your journey. Yeah. Exactly. I yeah. chose her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we haven't talked too much about that on the podcast, but we'll get someone on there soon to talk about cosmic portals. Yeah. Consciousness portals. Well, how appropriate too. It's it's Mother's Day season. So we're talking about that and happy Mother's Day to all the mothers and yeah, what a miracle. Tamika, Tammy. Yeah. Do you ever go by Tamika? We we can we're gonna edit, right? So Yeah, no, no, you actually I think we should keep it because um it's interesting that that came up. You didn't call me Tamika the whole time until after (laughs) that. Nothing is a coincidence. So, you know, Tamika actually means children of the people. And it's Japanese. Yeah. Hmm. And it means children of the people. And <laughs> I found out in comedics that Ka is the spirit. Hmm. So the fact that I was just talking about all these things and you said, so Tamika, I was, it was you confirming to me who I am. And, you know, I also, my destiny number is an eight. And that's, you know, your name is your destiny number and it's an eight and it's about that infinity. It's about that full circle. So I needed that reminder that, yeah, Tammy is what I go by. That's my nickname, but Tamika is who I am. Beautiful. So Tammy, Tamika, anything that you want to share? Anything else (laughs) you've been sharing for an hour now? (laughs) I want to remind everybody about her uh, retreat that's coming up in Kauai, September 10, 11, 12. 10, 11, 12. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Yeah. Is that right? Yes. 9, 10, 11, 12. Very nice. Yeah. So what's the 9? September. But what's? But her retreat doesn't start on the 9th. Yeah, but September 10th and then 11, 12. Oh, my goodness. Wait, what am I, I just, missing? I just got that. Mm-hmm. I get the 8 is infinity. What did I? What am I missing? Oh, September is the 9th month? 
The mm. ninth muscle is nine, ten, it's nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Mm, well done. <laughs> yeah. It's, and then we'll, we'll f- work in 2019 because I'm sure that that correlates <laughs> also. Yeah. Not yeah. quite sure how yet. And you know, it was very interesting because when I did the math, like I said, I'm really getting into numerology. Uh-huh. The 12th. So um, a nine, 10 is when it starts. Right. So 10, 11, 12. Yeah. So it, it literally reduces down to one, two, three, two. Mm. Uh-huh. And the first day of the class is all about the purification of self. The second day of the class, it's about the unexpressed and, as- and the expressed aspects of self, so duality. And the third day of class is about the multidimensional aspect of self, mind, body, soul. I promise you, that was not the original day. The b- day got pushed back a week. Mm-hmm. Very and cool. And so now it literally lines Very up. much intentional. Very yeah. much on purpose. Very <laughs> much deliberate. Mm. Very much divinely Got it. Divinely. Yeah, uh, I got yeah. chills too. Yeah, I'm chills. <laughs> head to toe. Ooh, that's the third time it's happened. Um, beautiful. And uh, if you want more information, visit Tammy's website. It's somatic healings, plural, dot com. That's S O M A T I C healings, H E A L I N G S dot com. Her retreat information is there. Um, I know that she's offering a payment plan for those of you who are interested, but don't have it up front. And what a blessing, what a wonderfully delicious way to spend this afternoon. I'm so delighted to have you on the show. I know that OJ is pretty excited too. He's, he's over there chilling. (laughs) He's got his smile going. Tammy, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I'm so, so honored to be here. I just couldn't even, I couldn't believe you asked me to be on this amazing, I I mean, podcast is such a, it's not even a word to describe what this is that you guys are doing, Um, this wave of enlightenment program Mm. is what you're, I feel you're creating and to be a part of that wave, I'm honored in the most deepest level. And it's just such perfect divine timing in so many ways. And gratitude is my attitude right now. So thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. It was enough. Yeah. Thank you. And thank you again, listeners. Peace. 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 Thank you for tuning in to The Way of Healing. We hope that you find yourself inspired. If you enjoyed our show, a gift is to let others know. And we want to hear from you. Please share your feedback so we know how our work is resonating. Make us aware of modalities and practitioners whom we may not know. If you haven't already, please subscribe at thewayofhealingpodcast.com. Our email is thewayofhealingpodcast at gmail.com and find us at facebook.com forward slash thewayofhealing. Remember, a rising tide lifts all boats.